Welcome to Life Fire Lab, the podcast where we bring the world of public safety to your listening device. Super excited for our guests today, two people you might be very familiar with. Um, I would like to very shortly welcome our first guest, Zach Borst, who you're familiar with from episode one. If you haven't heard it, go check it out for sure. Super influential guy I've known for a bunch of years from Vermont uh, and also helped me sort of launch this podcast. Um, and my buddy and boss to some degree is John Scardina. Um, he's going to join us a little bit later in the podcast. He runs a show over at Doberman Emergency Management and the Readiness Lab. Uh, and also, if you have not checked it out, the Disaster Tough podcast, which is awesome. Uh, the whole podcast network, EM Weekly, Disaster Tough, Life Fire Layout, a bunch of other really awesome ones. Definitely head over to the readiness lab uh, to learn more about that but without further ado let's get started and hear about the national urban search and rescue conference uh, we debrief that uh, the three of us tell you some highlights so check it out hello zach hello how are you doing i'm doing well tired i bet you are why are you so tired zach i can't remember yeah. i think it had something to do with a uh, conference we were at the last three days it could be the sprint across Philadelphia airport uh, to catch our flight, but uh, more than likely it was uh, three days of a lot of learning. Uh, well, I can't think of anything else that rhymes with learning. I'm too tired, uh, <laughs> but it was learning, training and hanging out with the coolest people on earth. Yes. AKA networking in the finest fashion. Yes. Uh, with, uh, at the national USAR conference in Orlando, Florida, which by the way, uh, when like this time yesterday, we were, uh, sitting below palm trees and, uh, right now it is, uh, it's actually not as cold out as it could have been. There was snowed while we were gone, but it's cold. So it's a yeah. very, uh, hard just juxtaposition to, uh, come back to. Yeah. I, I got a kick out of it because, uh, for all the listeners, if you can envision me, uh, I flew from Orlando to Philly and Philly to Vermont in shorts and a t-shirt because I just didn't time things appropriately and didn't change into my Vermont apparel before jumping on the plane in Orlando. So I had folks when I was getting off the plane at uh, whatever, 11 o'clock or whatever it was last night saying like, Hey man, uh, definitely not shorts, Florida. <laughs> like, what are Look you doing, bro? Flatlander coming up yep. to Vermont in his shorts. Like, bro, I'm from here. Uh, True, yeah. actually it could be, there's a, like a uh, shorts guys is like a, a real thing in Vermont. Like the, the, it's usually dudes and it's usually people who are like, it's, I don't even feel the cold. And I'm like, I can literally see frostbite taking your fingers right now. Just put on normal winter clothes. It's not weak or wimpy to dress appropriate for the weather. I just want to like send that out there. It is totally okay to be Bro, comfortable in cold weather with <laughs> nice puffy jackets, gloves, you know, anyways, we're, we're going to get some haters puffy jackets and gloves. Yeah. Yeah, we are absolutely repping some sweet puffy jackets and gloves uh, from Proper, who is our new sponsor uh, for the Readiness Lab. Tell us a little bit about them real quick. Yeah, so we uh, so Proper has been making military clothes and, and uniforms. I think it's 70 years, uh, which is awesome. Uh, I have known Proper through my military life um, and have Proper uniforms and stuff. And then we uh started a relationship with them uh like really recently and we're like hey you guys should come to the usar conference and they're like we would love to come to the usar conference so 
we were down there and Steve was there and he was uh, showing off all their cool, uh, you know, proper stuff, which is like they've got like official, official uniforms that you can wear as like firefighters, EMS, like wildland. They have like uh, the full extrication jumpsuits. They have all sorts of really cool uniforms. And then they have like the uh, stuff that we were saying. It's like, this is great from the outdoors to the EOC um you know wear proper yeah we all have like those like kind of tactical pants and polos and stuff like the official uniform of eoc folks uh and so they had a bunch of that stuff too which was really cool and uh yeah it was just awesome but uh we (laughs) there was like we had our summer weight proper polos on down there and then like we got up here and you need like the the proper like puffy jacket layer jacket stuff yeah so that was really winter hat Um, yeah but that was like another you know cool new thing that we got to do while we were down at the USAR conference, which is really cool. Our other sponsor, uh, L3 Harris was there and, uh, that was fun because they let us beat the ever living snot out of their radios. They did a couple radio demos and they were like dropping stuff. We put it in water. Uh, they had a uh, blowtorch at one point. Yeah. Yeah, They were cooking it. Uh, and we just got to, we got to do that twice, which was really fun. I love breaking stuff, but as a like long time, you know, as a firefighter before, to see the radio drop, it just like sent this reminder of like, you know, you get out of the truck and you use that stupid pocket in your uh, bunker gear. Whoever designed the radio pocket and bunker gear Boo. has just absolutely no idea how radios actually, the size, the shape, how they fit. Uh, so uh, maybe proper can make some bunker gear with a, with a good radio uh, yeah. pocket. But yeah, it was really fun. And it was cool to uh, meet uh, sponsors in person and do stuff. We don't get to do that very often, but that's like the plus that was the bonus stuff. The real meat of it was the USAR conference, which was awesome. Before we stray, uh, too far off course in the realm of actually, we're going to not stray at all off course and jump back in there, but, um, both proper and L3 Harris, um, are really amazing sponsors. Um, and they do amazing work for our military. I'm going to take a quick pause here because, um, we're recording this on the 10th, uh, of November here. So a uh, quick shout out to the United States Marine Corps, whose uh, birthday it is. It's they are 248 <sighs> years old, 248 yes. men. Semper Fi to all the Marines. Um, and then we're going to tie that very nicely in tomorrow in their honor. Yes. Yes. Oh, Lord. I think it's going to taste delicious uh, when you're eating that crayon. Tomorrow uh, is Veterans Day. So another huge shout out to uh, a couple of folks in particular. Uh, I'll start with my brother, William Natto with the United States Marine Corps. He's um, he's I'm going to mess this up. It's, he's with the Marine Wing Support Squadron 472. So, um, man, love the United States Marine Corps. Uh, my brother's a rock star, uh, true hero in my book. Uh, and also, also uh, my bud, Zach Borst, right here, present and accounted for. Uh, in the uh, Air National Guard. So thank you and my brother and anyone else who is listening to this who is a veteran. Truly, truly. I know sometimes it gets a little overused, but I cannot uh, thank you enough uh, for keeping us safe. So yeah, get your free free meals, enjoy your buddies, do all the uh, cool veteran day stuff. And Uh, check out the uh, sweet deals uh, that um, anyone has for that matter. But let's, you know, I don't know if L3 Harrison um, and proper. They support the military stuff. Cool. They sure do. All right. So let's jump back into the this uh, Urban Search and Rescue Conference. It was amazing. I think, like, I want to hit real quick, um, Zach, what was your favorite? This is hard. This is such a hard question. But what was probably one of your favorite moments or things? Uh, oh, honestly, like, 
the I think it was DLX the the tailgate oh, yeah. like I got to yes. like I mean of course uh, there, the, there's like I'm, I'm talking about just like the moment where I was like had an opportunity to just like soak it all in because uh, we had already done our presentations for the day it was the end of the day and there was like this tailgate thing and we all got to hang out and talk to everyone and just like catch up like there was people from Vermont that were there that was really cool to you know actually run into local people at a conference that doesn't happen very often. Uh, and then, you know, uh, chief Colette was introducing us to a bunch of people, which is cool. Met some guys from Pittsburgh, uh, met an absolute legend from mass task force one and the Boston fire area. Uh, I mean, there's just, there was so many like crazy, awesome people. Um, you know, it, it just, and I mean, in general, like anytime you go to a conference, like, of course, like good sessions, really important. You can learn, you can get exposed to a lot of stuff, but the networking can be so valuable. Just being amongst uh, people who have the same mindset, they understand it. Uh, USAR folks are the, so like, you know, first responders and, you know, all of us in the emergency services, like we have this desire to go above and beyond. But USAR folks do it to a degree that I don't think most people appreciate because it happens in the middle of the disaster, right? They're there before the cameras, before people know what's going on. They're in the thick of it. And so often, you know, when we deploy a task force to this major disaster, they're not really sort of getting the attention until things settle down. Those first however many days, weeks, you know, up to months where they're working really, really, really hard to save lives, recover, you know, victims, all of that stuff, uh, often not recognized. And uh, so just to be around folks that are like that is just it's fun. It's inspiring. They're cool. Uh, and, uh, they are just, it's just amazing to sort of see them all like pushing each other to guess, like do more cool stuff. And yes. they're very humble. Like everyone there, I was like really shocked. And of course our friends were there. I was just saying, you know, we saw Walt, uh, got to meet Vinny in person, which was cool. Joe Hernandez. Yeah. I mean, Joe Legend. was awesome. That was my first time actually meeting Joe in person. I've talked to him a bunch of times online and, and through John and stuff, but Got to spend some time chatting with him. Uh, Juan. Um, oh, God, there's just so many people that were there that were, my, you know. My buddy Brian, cool. who got us hooked up with the oh, State yeah. Log Center. That was. Yeah, that was cool. I might. I'm going to put that as one of my highlights. The largest logistics facility I've ever seen for like uh, emergency management. It's got to be one of the biggest ones in the in the world. It, but, it, uh, yeah. yeah. John Scardino, yeah, welcome. No, welcome. What uh, oh. let's what's your highlight? Uh, highlight was. Um, Working with Proper and L3 Harris and just seeing everybody, honestly, that was, um, you know, because Proper is so new and meeting Skeek. Also yeah, Steve, yeah, we did. Depending on the, yeah, the, Steve uh, had an unfortunate uh, spelling uh, issue at the bowling, and now we're calling him Skeek, which is fun. Skeek. Oh, my gosh. You know what I almost forgot? What? A boil of pancake. <gasps> a boil of pancake. John, John. Size mom, who is the coolest woman on earth. So first... Abuela means grandmother. She's not a grand. She's not a grandmother. That's that was a. She is a grandmother. Oh, she is a grandmother. Okay. Well, we were calling her uh, Abuela. She she only speaks Spanish. She understands English. Uh, and we are all terrible at Spanish, so we're all trying to you know converse with her and use what limited Spanish we have. She's using what limited English she has, but we are speaking through food. She communicated her love for us through the most delicious uh, meal I've had. It was like a mixture of I think she said it was like Cuban. And like, uh, you know, just so like a Hispanic mix of like Miami and all this other stuff, like just this, like, it just all came together to be the most delicious meal. And then they had this green sauce that was 
so spicy and it was and very, amazing. A, I love spicy food and that had yep. some heat to it, but yeah, we, all those cool people that we met, I think was, uh, was uh, it's just every single time you do these things and you get together with people. And I think we're still sort of like coming out of COVID. I know it's COVID ended. Well, you know, officially a couple of years ago, but like, we're still sort of like figuring out how do we start meeting and, and you know, talking to people and being around people and, uh, getting, four days of that was just like really awesome. really cool plus yeah. sun i would also like to note that there are four people on this podcast we have gus here in the back oh yeah gus hey gus proper, dude, what's up proper dude? physique absolutely ripped up proper physique you, you know what uh, gus needs john what? you know what gus needs oh the safari hat or the boonie boonie hat my boonie hat's amazing i love this boonie hat i just but oh, yeah i can't even so oh, highlights through networking. So fun. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. Rest is going to be important for everyone because we learn so much like your brain can only handle so much. Like, so here's the cool thing about that conference. And then John, I want to hear your highlights. But what I appreciated is I am not intricately involved in the urban search and rescue world. I am a fire captain. We have Vermont Task Force One uh, members of my Shut department, up. including Fire Chief Aaron Collette, who was down there. Um uh, like me not being involved, there was a hot second when I was like, oh man, I'm so nervous. Like I'm not intricately involved in these people's world. They embrace you. Like I truly, I walked in, I did my, you know, we all did our, our awesome presentations, which I hope one of the two of you can highlight a little bit of, of cool stuff from that. But sure. I just instantly felt welcomed into their world. And the coolest thing and how humble these folks are is even though some of these people like that uh, gentleman, Chuck from um, the, you know, red IMT in, in, in mass task force, he, he's, you know, been his breadth of experience just transcends anything that my brain can fathom, but he was <laughs> welcoming me and like, I could feel him like trying to learn cool stuff from me in the class and whatnot. And it's like, oh man, I just very exciting time. But I'll I'll defer over here to you, John. What what do you got? Some highlights, man. So I've been um, blessed with the opportunity to go to the National USAR conference now multiple times. So I had uh, this really exciting experience in South Carolina, and and they definitely continued it on in Orlando. But I would say the biggest highlight for me was just seeing you two. Zach and Prescott. That was like maybe in top ten. Uh, honestly, no. <laughs> uh, top one. No. Yeah, so it was kind of fun. It was it was fun to get to all hang out too. And yeah, it was uh, also yeah, it like was. I think for John, that was the first time that you've sort of like our worlds have collided. So Prescott and I both being from Vermont, so there was a bunch of Vermont Task Force One guys there. Uh, Mike Cannon, who yes. is Vermont awesome. Task Force One's team leader, but he's also uh, Colchester Rescue, Colchester PD. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, he, he ran, doesn't he, he ran their Harbor, like police, uh, like, didn't he help yeah. them get the boat and get that all squared away? He does dive stuff. I Legend. mean, the guy does absolutely everything. PJ was there. Aaron Collette was there. Uh, PJ from Burlington fire. He's the uh, logistics guy for the team. Um, and then there was two new folks from, uh, Vermont task force one that, uh, I got to meet for the first time. Um, so it was cool having the Vermont people there. Cause John has like sporadically met some Vermont people, but like, Never. They got to act as like, uh, you know, like sometimes when I'm like, no, I actually do this stuff. And I'm like, does John think I'm just like full of like crap? Because I, like, I believe he everything you say you've done. <laughs> How about that? Every, Which is, every I'm like, event. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every, there was one of the incident. highlights for me yeah. was walking off of a panel <laughs> and meeting incredible people. 
Yeah. Uh, talk talk on, about that panel, John. That was okay. Fun. So the panel was uh, excellent for several reasons. So just for like the audience perspective, the panel yeah. was about how to transition from like a USAR role to like a tactician role to an emergency manager role. And it was fun because I've always been just an emergency manager, not just, but I'm proud to be an emergency manager, right? Zach has, uh, you know, he's literally touched the entire spectrum of emergency services, especially emergency management. So he can talk about that transition and you're still in as a fire captain in the fire service. And so we can, it was like, I was like thinking about this, like, when we were standing up on stage, we were like literally like the person transitioning over. Like one day you'll be a little yeah. more like Zach because you'll have all those things. And then one day you can be like me, Prescott. So, <laughs> oh, um, oh, oh. What was great about that is uh, I'm just going to call out Zach for a second because he's talking about ChatGPT the day before. And I had these questions prepared. I was like, I wonder what ChatGPT would come up with questions. Put in the questions, came up with 10. I used about five of them um, in our conversation, but I kind of acted as moderator. What was really special was when... Uh, and I'm going to call this guy out, Chris. He's a Buckeye. Go Bucks. O-H-I-O. Uh, but, uh, you know, he started chiming in with some of his thoughts. And another couple of people started chiming in with like, hey, how do I do this? What's going on? Like, I have this thing where I have a town of 100,000 people and the mayor just wants to put in an emergency manager. And how do we how do we do that? And it wasn't him. Interestingly enough, he's like, I'm actually the firefighter yeah. in the situation. Yeah. And so we talked about like kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly of emergency management. And I, my hope is that they walked out of there with three different perspectives of you know where we're at in our fields, but saying, okay, this is what they believe emergency management can do for emergency responders. Yeah, I really, I really do believe that once the field gets over this hump of like who's in charge, who does what, like I really do believe emergency management can make first responders exponentially more successful, not through tactician work because they're phenomenal there, but through that coordination collaboration piece. And I, I think the three of us, um, if I want to, you know, tip our own hat here, I think we, we kind of nailed that piece. So. so not only, all right, not only did we nail it, and then I want to hit briefly on Zach's presentation, which was um, in the realm of nailing it, just I want to hit on that. But before we do that, um, John, one of the biggest, we're talking like major foot stomp action here, people in that room, it was already very silent, which was awesome. They were listening intently. But one of the things, can you just real quick, and people who have listened to John's awake. podcast. So they weren't they just were like, awake. Yeah, that they was were actually shocking. paying attention. I was like, kind <laughs> of like, uh, you know, it was a huge room. It was the, uh, I think it was the Royal Ballroom. ballroom. The, yeah. Royal and ballroom. it was probably like, uh, you know, like 40-ish people in there. Um, yeah. And it was it was a mixture of people. There was a Coastie there. Uh, there was... Uh, people from the fire service. There was a few emergency management uh, folks and planning EMS, folks. EMS. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, so with that, I think just that you had that depth. And then I what I realized towards the end of it is like, we're not really like explaining to them how to do this. They're coming there just to like because they're they're actually trying to integrate emergency management into their field. Right. Like they're in the specialties. So it wasn't like us trying to sell them on it. They were there to actually absorb, which I think is really cool. And and especially with the USAR crowd, um, again, just we, you know, when we're when emergency managers are often working with USAR, it's like in the middle of a huge disaster. They're a resource to be deployed. And I don't think we do enough of sort of like, hey, USAR folks, come into the EOC and see see what's going on in our world. And then, hey, EOC folks, go out to the field 
and yep. be with the user folks and see what they're doing. So this uh, this conference was actually a really good opportunity to sort of do a little bit of both of that. Yes, blend um, it. And the panel, I think, was a uh, a good little like you know tie a bow on on that sort of uh, you know process. So yeah, it was really fun, uh, and it was cool to have the conversations. The the guy from Ohio, uh, Chris, right? You said yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, we'll he just we'll just asking those questions of like, how do I you know, how do I set this guy up for success? Because yeah. uh, he came in, it sounded like maybe He's a smart the fire guy. EMS and He's police weren't really sure what to do he with is. him. And how do we, you know, integrate him? How do we build this up? And uh, so that everyone is successful. Um, and I got to, to tell my secret to integrating uh, emergency management. That is as an emergency manager, you put on a vest. It's got to be a reflective vest as an emergency oh, yeah. manager, grab a clipboard and just start showing up to meetings and people assume you're supposed to be there, and eventually uh, they start inviting you to stuff. So, so Zach just shared a highlight uh, from his, and, and that was arguably actually as, as hilarious as that is. He blossomed that right out into some really fantastic information during this panel. John, what I want you to do is hit on the definition because if um, we talk about jargon and language, Aaron Fields talks about this in the fire service for nozzle forward all the time. But if you don't speak a common language, aren't operating on that same frequency, then there's already a problem before you even start. So, uh, John, can you just uh, hit on your definition, please? Yes. And this is going to be you ever have that moment, by the way, where. You, you see like a really good friend in your neighborhood and like they like pull over for a little bit and there's a car coming up behind them. So you can't like talk for too long. I have a meeting in awesome two minutes. So yes. basically yeah, hit the talking. definition then go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bounce. So <clears throat> funny enough, when we all talk about common language and emergency services, a lot of people bring up ICS. But when I talk about common language, I'm like, hey, can you make sure you're using the English definition of the words? And uh, and my big foot stomp there is. You know, a lot of emergency managers hear protection. They think they have to carry a weapon. But if I put people in a shelter during a hurricane, I'm protecting them against the storm. I'm not going to try to shoot the clouds, right? Let's start using the, the definition so our stakeholders know actually what we're talking about. So there's that. So our definition, hey. real fast. Oh, real fast. Yeah, so go. Yes, uh, go, go, the go. definition of emergency services, in my mind, I took it from the emergency support functions, thinking about the entire scope of emergency services, all the way from the linemen through ESF-9, the USAR, ESF-5, emergency managers, emergency services. So emergency services is the protection of life, property, and continuity of operations. Very easy, right? Life, property, continuity of operations, that's the job, right? So if that's emergency services, emergency management, a very simple definition that can be molded or built off of, therefore would be, Emergency management is strategic coordination of emergency services. And if you think about that, that it, I like to say it's like project management, but for disaster specific. It's not just project management, but it's for disasters. It's for the big stuff that goes boom. How can you deal with that? We don't want boom to happen. So there's a lot of things that we try to make sure that doesn't happen. But I, I really do believe that the emergency managers shine best in a response working with the emergency services community. All right, John, and with that, bef I'm before you leave real fast. Yeah. Uh, so your words matter, right? That's what you're talking about. I came up yeah. with a joke. Uh, if you send a get better soon card and you sign it thinking of you, it's nice. But if you sign it or else, 
It's now <laughs> words matter. <laughs> words matter. God. Zach's our stand-up comedian. John, it's been nice having you. Uh, Zach, stick around for two more minutes. But John, yes. thank you. Bye, John. Hey, can I just say one last shout out? You guys are both phenomenal people to work with. It really was a highlight for me to see you in Orlando. And uh, I'm going to bet that everybody else benefited uh, from hearing your both your presentations as well. So thanks for having me awesome. on. Awesome. Peace. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. As, uh, as John departs and Zach sticks around because he also has to go, uh, so we're going to wrap this entire show up here, but for the last couple of minutes, Zach, uh, please hit on your presentation. And before you even start, um, I'm going to shamelessly plug this because something wild happened. So Zach's going to hit on his presentation, but before he even does that, we're in the Royal Ballroom that we just described what it is. Big honking room, huge present, you know, uh, 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 screen, everything. Man, it's awesome. Uh, and I got to tell you, as awesome as that panel was, um, there was qu- quite a few additional people in your presentation. And what was even cooler than that is at the very end of this presentation, I kid you not, usually at the end of every presentation, there's one or two, maybe a handful of folks who stick around. They, they have that extra question or they want a little more information, even though you always, you know, we always put our contact information there. It's like, see the speaker. Dude, you had... It was right before lunch, so everyone else is eating. Uh, I think you had at least 10 people for between 30 and 40 additional minutes. Yeah, like, I was really starting to get hungry, and I was like, you guys... It uh, was like, awesome. I, I love you, and I want to talk to you, but I see what looks like guacamole and some sort of sh- some sort of meat. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, so the presentation I did was the ChatGPT. Uh, it was a presentation that I've been working on for a while, but I specifically kind of tailored it to USAR. Um, and mostly, so the, the the premise of the presentation is like, yes, ChatGPT and uh, these other AI platforms are out and how can you use them for disaster response? Uh, and in this case for USAR specifically. So I was trying to think of like, you know, my time on USAR and, and think of like, you know, the stuff that Mike has to do is that he's a, he's the only full-time paid person at uh, Vermont Task Force One. Everybody else is, uh, you know, basically per diem on call uh, and, you know, shows up for training and stuff. So when you're in a team where, you know, you have maybe just a limited amount of bandwidth and stuff, how do you, you know, make the, like maximize that, right? And so before it was largely like just being really good at scheduling and chipping away piece by piece by piece, but all of us wear these multiple hats and stuff. And so I've sort of found that I know how to use uh, AI now to augment me like as like a, a mech suit to help me lift more and run faster and like take more hits. And so the presentation was basically trying to convey like, hey, you all out here, I'm in the same boat, right? Like, so I have my full time gig here with Doberman, but I'm uh, in the Air Guard still. Uh, I do volunteer emergency management in my school district. I'm doing some volunteer stuff uh, with my town. I'm trying to just, you know, like, do what we do. I wear many, many hats. Um, and I also get distracted easily. And I'm, uh, you know, for a long time was really bad at project management. I just am not good at it. Like, uh, which is funny as an emergency manager, uh, but I can structure things really, really well. I'm good at sort of being the maestro of it. But, um, so that was what the presentation was about. And honestly, I had no idea how it was going to be received. Uh, you know, you start folks, I think, as far as like first responders go, they're pretty open to like trying new things because they want to do the, the, what is the new tool that can save lives? And they're also becoming much more technically proficient. Anyone who walked around the vendor space there saw these like, you know, drones, uh, advanced medical equipment. Oh my God. There's this one dude who had this like portable x-ray, x-ray. thing. Yeah. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. He had Literally a, x-ray. Uh, a, 
Yeah, yeah you had right this there. kit that had four different uh, medical systems built in. There was a, a monitor, a airway system, a uh, I forget what it's called. The oxygen, like it makes pulls oxygen distribution. Out of the air. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, like it mass builds, distribution it makes, system. Yeah, yeah. Somehow puts oxygen into it so you can do high flow O2 and stuff, or just O2 in general, uh, and one other system. Uh, there was the stitches guy. Uh, there was uh, DLX who had like I, th- I think it's DLX. I keep saying uh, DLX. I think it was yeah, that d- or DRX. Uh, disaster. DLX? No, yeah, d- disaster logistics. logistics. Yeah, right. disaster, those guys had yeah, all yeah, sorts yeah. of cool stuff: trailers, boats, all that stuff. Uh, Axon was there with their cameras. So, anyways, room full of amazing technology outside. We had L3 Harris and all these. I mean, it was just everywhere. There was just cool stuff. So you have people who get it, but I still was like. You know, a lot of people are sort of hesitant, like, what is AI? Like, I'm not going to use it. I don't know how I'm going to use it or how do I apply it as an as a user person? Like, this yeah. just is like, doesn't make sense. And what I found was everyone was super excited about it. And there's a bunch of geeks like me out there, which sometimes like, you know, I went into Great. emergency management really young. And um, when I got there, it was a lot of older guys. And that's not to say like old people don't understand it. What I'm saying is that generation didn't grow up with technology and so now you have this, uh, we're in this sort of transition from like the generation that had no technology is largely kind of in retirement now. Yeah. The generation who sort of got technology towards the tail end that's bridging that gap, they're in senior level positions now. They're leaders and stuff. And then we have the next generations that have like never not had the internet or computers and stuff. And so, uh, you know, uh, USAR teams tend to be, I think I would argue, a little bit older, a lot more experienced very, uh, you know, technically proficient on their, their stuff. But I was like, I don't know, man, not really computer guys. Like a lot of the guys I know that are in the fire service are like, I'm not a computer guy. I don't want to be a computer guy. Like it's not my thing. Uh, but there's huge showing. Everyone was asking amazing questions. I learned a lot, uh, through them because we did a live demo and literally we're just trying stuff out on the fly. So that was fun. Um, and then the next day, so I did that presentation, uh, twice and then the next day at 9 a.m., uh, I did it remotely for the uh, National Exercise and Training Officers Association uh, in Vermont. So I was in Florida. I dialed into my home state, which was hilarious. They had a bunch of ice and snow and stuff that morning. And I was going to do the presentation outside, uh, but I didn't want the swaying hot palm trees in the background to uh, cause anyone to hate me. But um, yeah, it went really well. And um, it was super exciting to you know, get people uh, to talk to fellow people who understand that. And then that night, you know, what do you do after a fire department conference? You go and have some libations with the, uh, the, the firefighters and stuff. And uh, so the conversation continued there and there was all sorts of like really cool, interesting things that, you know, people didn't ha- even have time to talk about, you know, at our, uh, after the, the, the presentation. So yeah, it was really fun. So get to this conference in 2024. The information on on their website will be up for... Uh, they said it's coming soon. Obviously, they need to decompress and debrief as well. So just keep yeah, checking they had the... Yeah, it was a full conference. Absolutely sold out, plus so, yeah. some, because there was people that were showing up after they had closed the uh, registration. Um, they had to make more space on the fly, uh, which is awesome. Like, that's what you yeah. want. You want your conference to sell out, so... Uh, it was it was great yeah and again everyone there was just like it was so cool like i i love the usar community i think it's uh it's the it's like the perfect combination of first response and emergency management because you yep. kind of have to be everything the idea is that you deploy and you could self-sustain for you know at least 72 hours to two weeks and 
so they have at least an under, a basic understanding of emergency management, certainly a really good grasp of IFCS because they use that. Um, and so it's just, a, they, they, they get it. And, um, to be around people that get it for four days, 24 seven, I mean, dude, we were yeah. up at six yeah. and out till midnight. Well, yeah, at least midnight, uh, whenever they kicked us out. And, yeah. uh, so it was nonstop learning, networking, and just being around cool people. I, uh, just being cognizant of everyone else's time yes. here. I just, I'm going to do uh, my quick wrap up is for, first of all, if you, Appreciated. If um, check out Zach uh, EM Weekly um, because that AI he talks about. There's a number of awesome episodes in EM Weekly about AI, but his class two is available if you are interested, um, which I very much am, and I want to foot stomp the heck out of that. Um, I'm gonna just do a quick uh, head nod to the presentation that I did, only because I'm super passionate about public information and the world of PIO. So this was the USAR PIO toolkit that I taught about. And at the end of the day, uh, someone's like, well, the USAR PIO toolkit, how is that different from the fire service or police or EMS PIO <laughs> toolkit? Um, and yes, of course, there's so many echoes that are the, that are very, very similar. But um, what was really cool about the USAR PIO toolkit um, is it really leveraged the fact that at the end of the day, uh, it's all about saving lives. And whether you're deployed within the first, you know, Eight hours, twelve hours, seventy-two hours doesn't really matter. The timeline yeah. that the the necessity of the role of the public information officer or the public affairs officer um, is so critical. So, if you want to learn more about that, reach out to me. Anything in the world of AI in emergency services or emergency management, reach out to Zach. And the PIO thing that uh, so Prescott had, like it was funny. He he had a, a great presentation uh, while we were there. You know, classic professional pres presenter uh technique right change as much as you can right before you're presenting <laughs> and then john ended up staying up late to help oh. i mean it was a full team effort to get like uh prescott's amazing uh you know all of his just like the the brain of a pio and then john's got like the designer's eye so he's going he through and trying to make it look pretty um and the end result is just this awesome presentation sure it was for USAR, but the reality is you could change that title for basically anything. The goal is, you know, uh, I think maybe I can sum up PIO in the shortest way possible. If you don't, if you're not telling your story, someone else is. Yep. So I think that that's where, especially coming from, you know, uh, being on a USAR team, uh, and, and again, the media is not there. So no. when you're in those early days, it's so important to have your PIOs there to say like, we're out here because honestly, like in a in a major, major, I'm talking type one disasters, folks don't know what's happening. They may not have a, a, a good grasp that there's people out there. They might be sitting there, they, their house is damaged or destroyed. And they're like, where's the help? And so if you're not there saying, oh, we're out here, we're rescuing people like a should have left. So that's kind of your fault. But no, <laughs> you're like you're out there rescuing people. You want to show like we're here. We're doing everything we can. Um, and we're risking our lives and we're, you know, breaking our bodies to, to make sure that we get every single person, the help that they need. Uh, it's reassuring for the public. It lets them know like, okay, I just don't have an understanding of how big this incident is. I'm in this yep. little like neighbor. I can see my neighborhood. I can't yep. see that half of Florida is underwater and has, you know, crazy utility damage and the power's out, comms are out and all this other stuff. So yeah, I think it was a really good message. I think it's a crowd that, um, you know, uh, again, just doesn't kind of 
and I'm, I, I'm sort of speaking in generalizations for sure, but I just don't think USAR teams get the recognition that they deserve. And I think uh, the more we can empower USAR PIOs and the folks that are telling the USAR message and give them better techniques and, and uh, tools to accomplish that mission. So I, I think it's awesome. I'm so excited to like also continue to flesh out that presentation and see it in other venues. Oh. Um, we love doing conferences. I, I love conferences. My favorite thing in the so world. Good. So, so um, if you're interested in presentations, I think I'm going to be at Virginia's conference uh, in March. Um, and I'm doing the IEM uh, virtual conference in April. That presentation is actually going to be on like comedy and humor in uh, emergency management. Basically, like don't take yourself so seriously. Um, and so I'm going to really upset a lot of people with that one. So That's it should be, be fun. It, yeah, t- <laughs> tune in for more later yeah, on that. That's yeah. awesome. But no, it was great. Cool. And it was cool to hang out with Prescott for four days. Yeah, and John. Um, so and Rest all of my, you know, Vermont buddies down there yes. and, and the folks, the new buddies that, uh, you know, I just met. So uh, exciting times. Yeah, more, more, more to come. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, again, shout out to our veterans tomorrow being Veterans Day and to the USMC United States Marine Corps on their birthday today. Um, all of the people at that conference, man, such a good time. We look forward to uh, you guys all checking EM Weekly and Life Fire Layout, as well as the Disaster Tough podcast. Uh, check it out, learn more, and we will catch you guys. Like, comment, subscribe, smash that like button. Smash that like button. Leave comments below. (laughs) You don't have a YouTube channel, so I'm not even sure where you're going to show the comment bar, but... We're going to find it. Okay. Okay, It's going to be great. I will soon. No, yeah. All right. Smash it. See you. Subscribe. Bye. (laughs)